tell the people what they want to know, Nick. What do the people want to know? The people were very excited about this Soul Dev redesign. I posted a couple of screenshots on Twitter and it got a lot of traction from people that I even have like never interacted with before. Nice. And uh, so that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I did get quite a few new followers from it, which is also cool. Yo, Nick's getting famous. I'm basically a real boy now. I have a new job. New job? What? Should I tell you? Them absolutely. What the job is? Yeah, it's it's time. Is it time? When when do when so do you start? My new job. I actually start on the 27th, which will be the day that this Perfect. airs. So drum roll, if you want to be dramatic. I don't. I wasn't actually expecting you to do it. Yeah, so I start full time at Solana Foundation on Monday, the day that this airs. So if you're listening to this, I am actively a full time employee of the Solana Foundation. Boom. Changes changes which the is, dynamic uh, which of this is episode. Super cool. A now we're bit. just, you know, slaves of Solana th- through you. We can't say anything bad. We can't. Whoa, whoa, we can't. Whoa. We, we can't, can't. We can't use. We the can't criticize. Here. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, that is a thing I wanted to say is like, we started this before you started a foundation, which I think is important for people to... Well, we started to... it before I started full-time at foundation. So here's like the backstory. I think we talked about it, my the very first episode that we did, where how I got like this part-time yep. contractor type role at foundation of quote-unquote external DevRel. And that started in like, I don't know, like August or something of last year of 2023. So it's been like six-ish months of doing that. And at the time, I was still active duty military, so I couldn't like have a full-time job. But Jacob and Chase and some of the other DevRel guys, they've been trying to get me to go full-time for quite a while. And it's kind of just been a waiting game. I've had a couple of other, I'll say very competitive job offers from other companies. And I did end up still deciding with Solana Foundation. So I am part of the developer relations team now to, you know, do good things. All good things. All good things. <clears throat> Dude, I'm I'm stoked for you. I think it's going to be an awesome experience. I'm also stoked for the ecosystem. I think having you full time as opposed to, you know, before attention split between your military job and Solana stuff, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. So for anyone who's listening at Breakpoint, there was the announcement of which hacker houses are going to be around. So there's going to be the New York hacker house, which I'll definitely be at around the summer time frame, NFT NYC. I'll definitely be there in New York actually for the entire summer. So if anyone wants to to meet up and, and hang out, talk Solana, then, you know, I'm I'm game. Entire summer, huh? The entire you guys are just summer. moving into the city for the summer? Yeah, we'll be there for about 10 weeks because of some stuff with my wife's um, career trajectory and whatnot. But uh, we do plan on moving to New York City whenever my wife finishes school. Sweet. What are you most excited about with working for Foundation? I'm curious to know what you think you'll be working on and what in that arena gets you up in the morning. That's a good question. So there's a lot of things that I expect to be working on. And some of those things I imagine I'll be able to talk publicly about. Other things I won't with the nature of, you know, any job. For 2023, the last couple of months, I've been thinking pretty heavily about a really large restructure to the Solana docs. So at docs.solana.com. So I'm planning a very large restructure of that and 
from what I can tell is we're planning quite a bit of updates to that. The first stages of that was the recent RPC docs that we released. Aside from the docs itself, I imagine probably creating example projects of how to do different things, teaching workshops. There's a Solana workshop GitHub repo created by Joe on the DevRel team, and it is full of pretty much prepped and ready to go projects and course material for anyone to kind of pick it up and to teach it, whether it's a live workshop or recorded workshop or or anything like that. I do hope to be participating in that. And uh, who knows, maybe I'll end up teaching some webinar style workshop Sweet. type tutorials, maybe pre-recorded stuff, maybe even in-person stuff in the New York Hacker House time frame. Who knows? Sweet, dude. That all sounds great. You are kind of becoming the docs guy, you know, so large docs refactor, got your name all over it. Yeah, that's kind of the job description is the docs is kind of my primary focus, which is cool. I like technical writing and I love Solana. So, you know, it works, I guess. Good stuff. Are you going to be my new liaison for the course material then, since it's somewhat related to docs? Uh, Sure. I'll be your handler. (laughs) Nice. Uh, man, speaking of DevRel, Jacob messaged me the other day after listening to one of our episodes and he was like, you need to be better about securing your private keys. <laughs> and I, f- I flipped out. Like I was like, did something happen? And one of my secret keys is like online. Jacob's over there being an elite hacker. He was like, has your well, seed phrase somehow. I, I, I think <laughs> of Jacob as like an incredibly kind person. So I didn't think that he was like, I, he is. He I, definitely is. I stole your Shout out to Jacob. I didn't think that like he hacked me or something, but my mind definitely jumped to like somehow there's something online that shouldn't be. And like he saw it and is giving me a heads up. And then he mentioned, by the way, this is because of what you said on the podcast episode the other day. So the other day we were talking about where we keep seed phrases and that sort of thing. And I apparently divulged too much information as a quote unquote public figure is kind of how he how he put it. And uh, to the point where I could basically be the subject of like a $5 wrench attack sort of thing, right? Just like, hey, I'm going to hit you over the head with this wrench until you give me your seed phrase, uh, <laughs> that that sort of thing. Oh, is this, was this when you said that you don't write down your seed phrase because you could access it from, from multiple phone? devices? And I was just like, exactly, I exactly. don't, oh goodness, is that thing? That's funny. So I'm making some changes is basically... Uh, is basically what this boils down to. Are you going to get a hardware uh, wallet? I am going to get a hardware wallet, though. I And I, me- I mentioned this on the other episode that I feel really nervous about having a hardware wallet at home that doesn't feel any more secure to me than just using my phone. But I am going to get a hardware wallet and come up with some solutions for securing said hardware wallet that I feel comfortable with. I'm curious, why do you feel that it's either equally or less secure if you were to have a hardware wallet at home So or anywhere else? Yeah, arguably my home, I feel, is less secure than my person. My home can be broken into without me here and, and people can like grab stuff and leave. And I won't even know until if they're sneaky enough about it. I won't even know until I check on that particular thing. So I'm like, obviously I do have a safe and so that that steps it up a notch. So in the interim, that's probably like how I would be handling things is like keep things in a safe. 
But ultimately, I think what I'll end up doing is secure the hardware wallet in something like a safe, but then get the seed phrase etched on two separate, like like in in pieces on different pieces of metal, and then store those in different safety deposit boxes at different banks, so that you like literally, yeah, I mean, so that's you literally like, can't that's like peak security, yeah, no, exa- exactly, which I just felt was overkill previously. And just having it all in my home felt like less secure than what I already do. But having Jacob call me out and be like, hey, you're more of a target than you think you are was a little bit of an eye opener. I still somewhat disagree that I'm like a public figure. I have like a handful of followers on Twitter and maybe eight people are listening to this. But ultimately, he's right. It is important to have good security practices even before it feels necessary. I don't feel like I have a ton of value in crypto. I don't think I'm a good target. I'm not just saying that to throw off anyone listening who's like thinking about attacking me, right? Like uh, there are way better targets who have a lot more value in their crypto portfolio. I've mentioned before that I'm a shitty trader and I haven't done it. But I do wa- I also have mentioned that I want to that I want to grow my crypto portfolio, that I want to be more involved in that. And if I'm going to do that, I need to step up my security game. Yeah, I think security is very important naturally. And the concept of splitting your seed phrase, first of all, writing it down on metal is a really good idea. I have my eye on a like metal punch card system that I have yet to actually buy and I really need to. There's this one type of mnemonic separation tactic, I'll call it. It's, it's called, um, it's called like a schmear cipher, something like that. It basically is what you describe where you split your seed phrase into three different parts and you scatter them to the wind in certain secure locations. And I think that's probably like the safest way to do it. But even just having a hardware wallet, like the idea of a hardware wallet is, and like, so take like, I have a ledger, for example. So the whole like idea of it is you have a device that the seed phrase and your private key is not stored anywhere except for this hardware Mm -hmm. device. So if you have a browser extension type wallet, your seed phrase and your private key is on your computer. So if your computer gets a virus or you're on your phone for in your case, if one of those devices gets a virus or someone accesses that device, they can basically copy your seed phrase like from your device, which your phone you carry on your person, your laptop, your desktop is sitting at home, yeah. you know, whatever the case is. But with a hardware wallet like a ledger is once you type in your seed phrase, you basically cannot recover it and you have to type it a pin every time you use it. And I think if you type in the pin incorrectly three times on a ledger, it basically bricks the device. You can't use it anymore. Yeah. So if you don't have your seed phrase written down somewhere, then you know, you're kind of boned. Mm-hmm. But that's like the idea. I probably have like four different wallets, one of them being my ledger hardware wallet. And the end all be all like rule of thumb is if you're not signing transactions with your hardware wallet, you use it as cold storage. So that way you're only sending things to and from it, but you're never actually connecting to any dApps or anything like that. It's more, it's more secure. So like with Ethereum, a lot of Ethereum hacks happen because Ethereum has some sort of like authorization process where you can like authorize a dApp to access all of your NFTs and all of your crypto based off like how Ethereum works. I don't know the logistics because like, I don't know it's Ethereum. just there. So Solana has something similar with the delegate, but it, 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 Ethereum yes. has a broader 
gives developers broader access if if they want it and request it. Yeah, and one of the problems is that like a lot of browser-based wallet type products, they don't really surface that information if you're signing a transaction that is also granting that DAP or that contract access to the rest of your wallet. It is still token specific. So it's like they have to request to be the delegate for all the tokens that they're going to drain. So they, it's not just like I can access all the tokens because each token is its own contract. So you do still have to request to be the delegate for all of them. The token delegate thing is a thing I've had arguments with Solana about because I actually like the way ETH does delegates. And I think we could shore up the security concerns in other ways. To your point about hardware wallets, an intermediate step that I have taken and actually had taken before the this episode that we're talking about that I just didn't discuss is I do have a separate device that I don't use to connect with like to, to applications. So I don't have like a co- You have like an old yeah, laptop or yeah, an old phone exactly. or something. I, so, I, so it's like I do, I have taken more security measures than probably that discussion on the other episode suggested. So it's probably not quite as bad as Jacob thinks, but it's also probably not as good as he wants it to be, if that makes sense. So like That's I fair. don't just use one wallet. I have multiple wallets. I have wallets that in my mind are my hot wallets that I use to connect to things. And I try to transfer out value from there to other wallets. Sometimes I don't, just depending on the value, right? It's like I don't immediately turn around and transfer everything to to my equivalent of cold storage, but I'll I'm gonna be better about that. And yeah, we'll get myself a ledger. What I have a referral code you can use. Okay. Is ledger the play then, Nick? I think so. I've never used any other device, any other hardware device other than a ledger. But the new like Ledger Stacks product looks really really cool, and I kind of want one. But I Ledger probably won't Stack. Get one. Tell me, tell me about it. I, I don't know anything. I only know what I've heard from ads. So there's that. But it ads seems are like, super reliable. Marketing well, you know, is fact. You know, yo, Pinterest ads get me every time. <laughs> but I'm just envisioning you on Pinterest. Just like look, I like I like home renovation. And I like I w- building stuff. Literally, shop, literally, that's what I was thinking. Stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm like, he's over here looking at home reno stuff. I For look, sure. I look at that often, but I am not handy enough to implement. So, I just stare and think, when can I afford to pay someone to do that? <laughs> but anyway, so the Ledger Stacks thing is this new product that the Ledger team has created, and I don't think it's on the public market yet. But it basically takes the traditional idea of what a hardware wallet is, where you have some USB interface you plug into your phone or your laptop, your desktop or whatever, and then you have this tiny little screen. That's a really bad user experience. Like you have two buttons, you have to punch in your four to eight digit code. You have to do some some button action in order to like select what type of what blockchain you want to actually interact with. It's kind of really annoying. But the ledger stacks thing is And like I said, I don't think it's publicly available yet. I think they're actually supposed to launch it sometime in March. They're probably actually because NFT Paris is going on right now and Ledger is a French company. So they're probably doing like an event there, if I had to guess. It's this device that's like credit card sized, like credit card shaped, but like a little bit thicker. It has like an e-ink display on it. And then you can also set 
like an NFT has like on your display that doesn't use any battery power, which is like really cool because e-ink is some dope technology. And so you can do like some amount of customization with it. It it has all like the good security of a ledger and a hardware wallet. But yeah, it just looks super cool. And like the idea is that you can have multiple of them and you can like stack them on top of each other on your desk or something. And I don't know how like how many people are going to be doing that. Like, look at me and my nine different hardware wallets. Like, but why do you have nine? (laughs) I, I, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking through this right now. It looks like one of the things they're touting is its portability, but the whole point is that I'm not carrying it around with me so that people can't be like, Hey, enter your pin or I'll stab you. Um, Well, yeah. If someone's holding you at knife point to get your pin, like you're kind of boned anyway, like you're either going to get stabbed, right? That's what I'm saying. The point is to not have it on your person. You know, different strokes for different folks. I've heard a couple of podcast episodes of one of the, uh, I can't remember his exact title. There's a guy who works at Ledger who has been in like the music industry for decades. And he used to work for LVMH, the company behind Louis Vuitton and all that. And he now works for Ledger. And he has these really cool, this story that he likes to tell where he will give his own personal ledger to other people that are like in doubt of having a hardware wallet or in doubt of the security. He's like, here's like my actual ledger with my actual crypto. Here you go. I trust the security so much. Like he probably has an eight digit pin that if you, so you have eight digits of 10 possibilities. That's a lot of possibilities. If you get it wrong three times, it breaks the device. And he's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm secure he's actually given it to other people, which I think is a true vote of confidence in the security of the device. So I will not be doing that, but <laughs> well, why not? I'll hold on to your ledger for you. Yeah. I, like I said, I will not be doing that. That being said, I am sure that it is incredibly secure, right? But that doesn't change the fact that if I don't have it on my person, I'm less of a target, Right. Yeah, when you don't have to carry your ledger with you. You don't have to carry your no, wallet with you. In fact, I wouldn't. That, that's my point, is that the ledger stacks marketing is like t- touting it as this like ultra portable thing that is easy to carry around with you. And I'm like, meh, that marketing doesn't really, doesn't do, doesn't do much for me. That being said, it looks like a cool device. Ooh, $279 US though. That's, that's pricey. That's, that's freaking that's pricey. Because a normal ledger is like 80 bucks. I do have a question about the ledger you have. Can you execute simple token transfers from the device itself or do you have to plug in? So you have to plug it in. Well, you have to like connect to another computer. So the model that I have is just a USB interface. It doesn't have any Bluetooth or anything like that. I'm fairly certain and don't quote me on this because I've never used it. I'm fairly certain there's other models that have like wireless capability built in where you can, it has like a battery, you can charge the battery and then you can, you still sign every transaction on the device itself, which is like the whole point of it, the whole security model. So for my case, I have to plug it in to a computer. I could plug it into my phone or something, I guess, if I really wanted to, but I've, I've never tried that. I guess the not having wireless access is part of what makes it more secure. Yes, in theory, like that's definitely one aspect. There are some models that have Bluetooth, like this new one has Bluetooth, and I think the other ones have Bluetooth. So you can connect somehow wirelessly. 
which would definitely make it more convenient to use. But I think convenience is a security vulnerability in a lot of circumstances. Yeah. Which is why, A, because I'm cheap, and B, because it's an additional security measure is why I got the cheaper one. So I have to connect my device to my computer. I don't have any wireless aspect. And every time you unplug the device and plug it back in, you have to type in the PIN code again. And I use an eight-digit PIN code, which is the maximum amount that you can use. So, like, I feel safe in that. Also also prevents panic selling. So Exactly. So it's like convenience is a security vulnerability. It can cause people to panic sell. It can cause them to do shenanigans. Do you know who Kevin Rose is? Uh, that sounds familiar. Should, should so he's I? A, he was a founder. Well, yeah. He was the founder or one of the co-founders of Dig, like back in the day. Like Dig, Dignation, all that kind of stuff. And he is super big into crypto. He's very avid in crypto. And he runs the Proof Collective and the Moonbirds oh, Collective on, on Ethereum. I definitely know who this is. Yeah, I so recently... Googled, I, just, I just Googled it. I was like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. Good. So recently, Kevin Rose got hacked basically because he got fished by someone. And he had a bunch of his assets stolen that from his hardware wallet. He has a podcast episode where he talks about it on the uh, on the Proof Podcast. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes. It's a, it's a really good listen. But part of the reason of what happened is because he had his ledger connected to his computer because he was trying to do some last-minute things that were more convenient because he had the device connected instead of going like through the more secure, less convenient route. And okay. he signed a bad transaction and drained his wallet from a couple of his collections of NFTs or something like that. Oh, that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. I feel like having a ledger or similar hardware wallet is just like set up some rules for yourself beforehand of like, I will only sign transfers to one of my known wallets. Yeah. And and that's it. Any other interaction I want to do, I will do from one of my software wallets once I've received the funds. from The warm wallets as they call them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things is like this whole aspect of security with blockchain and with all of these private keys where the user experience is not fucking great where you have to like tell someone who's new. It's like, okay, you want to get your, you want to get your hardware wallet. that's not connected to anything. You only transfer to and from, but you spend money on this device on like buying this actual hardware device. And then you have your software wallet. That's like potentially vulnerable. So don't put anything in value in that. Make sure like when you're doing stuff, you don't want to sign transactions with your normal wallet because you could get drained out. So it's like you go through this whole rigmarole of yeah. trying to explain like quote unquote best security practices to someone who's new to the crypto industry. And it's not a good user experience. We need something better. I rant about wallets quite a bit, right? And part of the reason for that is what you're saying is there should be a very clear difference between crypto interaction for a video game that you don't perceive has any monetary value and like trading a million dollars. Like the end user experience for that should not be the same. The reason being that like the inconvenience of a hardware wallet, for example, that being involved with million dollar trades absolutely makes sense. I would never, I would not want to change that right? If I ever have a million dollars, I'm not over here trying to like make moving that around convenient. It's worth the hassle. 
right? To keep it safe. On the other hand, if I'm just playing a game, I don't even want to know that transactions are happening. I just want it to happen behind the scenes for me. Like in the same way that when you're using a website, you don't know that there's a database write happening when you submit your form. It's just like, you don't know the internal mechanics. I mean, you can, I mean, I mean, I mean, developers do, but (laughs) right. But it's like your average user doesn't need to know the internal mechanics of how everything works. Your average user has no idea the difference between connecting to a site with HTTP versus HTTPS, right? Your browser just implements things to make sure that it's as secure as possible, that it uses SSL where possible, that it warns you if you're visiting a site that isn't using an SSL certificate, that that sort of thing. And that's the kind of UX that I'm going for in crypto is let's delineate between these things instead of having it all be wallets. Even the name wallet, it like suggests that the only use case here is financial. And yet we're all trying to tell people that there's more than just, you know, it's more than just DeFi, right? And you can't say that and also be like, cool, now download this wallet, (laughs) go buy this hardware wallet, right? Like, Yeah, I agree with that. The problem is like a lot of smart people have thought about what can we possibly rename these things to? And like, we still don't have anything good. Maybe one day we'll come up with something. Right now, NFTs are being rebranded to digital collectibles, which I actually support. I think that's a really smart way. That's like saying to sell an HTTPS, like people don't care. They just want to know they're on a secure website. They want the digital collectible, but they don't need to know the the standard and the technical protocol underneath. And, and real fast, let me just add on to that. That also is important because NFTs has far broader use cases than just digital co- collectibles. So rebranding what people think of as NFTs as digital collectibles frees up. Now you can do other things with NFTs that has a different name and a different brand, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. I agree with that. But so like back to the wallet thing though, like this whole user experience and your concept, your idea of you have a game wallet where it's just signing transactions and stuff. Like we talked about that before. And I think we talked about it on a recent episode where Soulflare, the Soulflare wallet recently launched their burner wallet where they're actually taking your same mnemonic and they're generating a new, they're using a new derivation path to actually construct your public keys. And it's using that. So it's like built in burner wallets that you can more easily access via the interface. And so you can have those like burner wallets and uh, it makes it a little bit more secure. So it makes it easier for people to not use their primary wallet for everything, which I think is really cool. I appreciate the sentiment. I'm struggling to like imagine what that is, so I'll have to check it out. Very well. Speaking of wallets, do you see Backpack just release their updated extension into the Chrome Web Store? Yeah, and that actually... Mm, that meshes really well with what we were just talking about, which I didn't I even know. plan, <laughs> which I didn't even plan. But yeah, you said they added support for Ledger, right? I think so. Ledger support has been there if you were using the GitHub releases. And I actually okay. haven't had a chance to try to log back in because I created my account with my Ledger and not with my regular like warm wallet. Um, just because like I because I, I had my Ledger connected to my computer at the time. <laughs> So I created it because I was like, oh, I want to keep my username. So I'll just tie that to my ledger. So I have not been able to actually test it out to see if I can actually log in with my ledger and like reaccess my username, my user account. But I suspect that's the word on the street. Cool. Cool. Good stuff. I'm going to use Backpack in a minute for the same reason that I've talked about before that I mostly just use mobile. 
But supposedly mobile backpack is in the works. I'm excited what? for that. That'd be cool. I've just seen like whispers on Twitter. I don't actually know now, but I'm fairly certain that they're working on like a React Native mobile There's app. definitely a React Native components inside the backpack repo. So my guess is that's probably what that is. Let's call it. Nick, I'm excited about your new job. I'm excited Me to too. have you around the Solana ecosystem even more. Not that we've been lacking for interaction with you on Twitter and all the things. With the sold every design and the docs and this podcast, you've been around, but we just get more of your time, which is great. Yay. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Peace out.